Broadcasting live from the North Fulton Business Radio X studio, it's time for To Your Health with Dr. Jim Morrow. To Your Health is brought to you by Morrow Family Medicine, an award-winning primary care practice, which brings the care back to health care. Hello. Welcome to a very special episode of To Your Health with Dr. Jim Morrow. I am Jim Morrow, and we are doing our first video podcast I'm not certain what channels this is going to stream on or be available on, but I'm betting YouTube and John Ray, my producer, is going to let us know that, I'm sure. But we're very mm-hmm. excited to be doing this. I have spent the last 30 minutes cleaning up my office before I realized I could blur my background, so <laughs> I won't waste that 30 minutes again. But uh, we're very excited. We've got a great topic today and a guest. And I'm excited about that. But for starters, John, this is a this is a great thing. I've been wanting you to do this for a while, so thanks for doing it. This is great. I know you finally got me off my you know what to get it going, but no, seriously, this is this was a good one to to uh, crank it up with because we've got a great guest today. Yeah, we do, and I'm yeah. excited about it, and I want to get right into it. I'm I really don't have a whole lot to say about COVID. I've been doing a COVID update before most of these podcasts or at the beginning. And really, I don't have a lot to say, except be sure you get your vaccination. And this fall, when the vaccination comes out that has the variants in it, that's the booster you want to get. So be sure you do that. And uh, we're we're really not in too bad a spot right now with it. So I'm not going to beat that point too very much. <clears throat> I do want to get into our our podcast today. We're going to talk about music therapy. And we're very lucky today to have a guest. We don't have a guest terribly often. Well, we're lucky today to have Allison Gerald, who I just found out is from my neck of the woods up in the upstate of South Carolina. Allison, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. That seemed like such a buildup. I feel very honored to be here, first of all, and to be on the first video podcast. Wow. <laughs> so hopefully you'll look back and think you chose wisely as far as inviting me on today. <laughs> I bet, I, I bet we do. And I do appreciate you taking the time to do this. Now, Allison, I'm going to let you take some time and tell us about what you do and, and what Metro Music Makers is all about. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so Metro Music Makers is a company I founded several years ago. We've been around for over 15 years and we provide music lessons, music education services, and music therapy services. Um, so what's a little unique about us is we work remotely. We've always worked remotely, even pre-COVID. So when COVID hit, we were like, we got this. We, we, you know, we're used to being online and working with folks online. Um, so thankfully, um, we, it, as difficult as it was for everyone still, we were able to, to make that transition. Um, but we go to our customers' homes and we teach lessons in the home. We also partner with schools and provide classes and lessons and help them with any music program, music programming they may be looking for or needs they may have. And then we also partner with a variety of healthcare facilities. Uh, One of our biggest populations are assisted living and memory care facilities where we run music therapy groups. 
And um, yeah, I um, we do a lot. So um, we can talk about a lot of different things, but that's it in a nutshell, basically, as far as, as what we're doing here. And we're all over Metro Atlanta. We are focused in North Fulton, uh, but we do serve clients in, uh, and students um, all around Metro Atlanta. Well, you know, Mara Family Medicine, which is now part of Village Medical, has forever, of course, had a lot of patients that are in assisted living facilities. And I think this is just a wonderful thing to add to the the activities that they have. Tell me about how that works and, and what you actually do inside an assisted living facility. Yeah, well, first, I guess I should back up a little bit and talk about what music therapy is, because that's a big question that we get um, when we tell people what we do. We get an immediate reaction. People get very excited when they hear about music therapy and they want to talk about it. And a lot of times they think, oh, music therapy. I love music. It's so healing. Um, And it is um, music is an intrinsic force, really. Um, And it's very motivating and and effective in helping folks accomplish goals across a number of populations. Um, So we do work with children all the way up to the assisted living ages. Um, So music therapy to, to, again, just define it very clearly for folks, is the clinical and evidence-based use of music interventions to help individuals accomplish goals or groups, individualized goals. And that's specifically with a credentialed professional who has been through an accredited music therapy program. So that I want to just clarify that because I know a lot of folks out there say they do music therapy, but music therapy truly is a clinical based uh, use of, of those interventions. And again, with someone who has been through the training. And by the way, here in Georgia, um, once you complete your training, through a bachelor's program, which includes a 1,200-hour clinical um, training. A supervised internship um, is a bulk of that, but we also do practicums while we're doing our coursework. Um, so the student you know, does the degree program, does the internship, then has to sit for the national certification exam. And then here in Georgia, you have to be licensed to practice. So you can't just show up and say you're doing music therapy. You have to have had this training. And then the licensure is great because it's the state's way of vetting folks who have the appropriate training and background and experience. So with assisted living group, um, and I've been running some of those sessions lately, and I love them so much. Um, But when I walk into an assisted living group, I quickly assess um, in the group who's sleeping, (laughs) who's shown up and ready to go. Um, Also, who's verbal, who's nonverbal, range of of motion. I do a lot of movement activities, um, but I have to be very attuned to each individual um, Mm -hmm. and help each individual within the group uh, 
to encourage them to, to stretch themselves a little bit, but also be very aware of how much an individual can do mm-hmm. um, of that. So I really do focus on engagement and uh, movement, but also memory because music is attached to past memories and is a great way for those in assisted living and even in memory care to tap in to some of those memories and express emotions, um, which is really exciting. And a lot of feedback we've gotten from facilities is, wow, this resident never engages in any of our activities. And you come in and they're just fully present and fully engaged. And that for me is what's what's really exciting is to get that feedback um, and to get it from, from the folks at the facility that are helping these seniors on a daily basis. And not only that age range, but also children, I understand. Yes. Yeah. We, um, we have worked with babies. Uh, we do, we have done uh, bonding groups for parents with infants who have um, various physical issues that may um, lead to a challenge as far as, as bonding with a parent. Um, we work with children on the spectrum um, with learning disabilities really a variety of diagnoses. And again, we do an assessment with the child um, to see what their strengths and what their weaknesses are and how we can help them make improvements in specific areas. And sometimes we may work alongside their IEP team at school or other doctors and psychologists that they may be working with as well. Are you in the secondary schools at all? We have we have done um, some music programming um, for uh, schools, but we really focus with the music therapy. I would say younger child is a big focus of ours um, and the individual. Thinking back on the times that you spent with probably what I'm thinking it would be a, a child or a young teenager. Is there a particular instance that comes to mind, a particular case that you can recall that would give our audience an idea of the the outcome and the effect you can actually have on some of these children? Well, I will say um, I'm going to go really young on on this, if that's okay. Um, With my own personal experience, I had the honor of working with Dr. Jane Stanley at Florida State University, and she's a pioneer in cognitive behavioral music therapy. So there are different modes of music therapy. And our focus at Metro Music Makers is a behavioral approach, because that's what we are trained in um, on our team. And so she's done studies with neonates. And I got the wonderful experience of uh, going into the neonatal unit at the hospital and working with the neonates. But her study specifically um, was around getting the, the infant to feed while in the hospital so that they could be released um, mm. from the hospital sooner than, than not. So, so the research was playing music while they were sucking. And then when they stopped sucking, withdrawing the music and she did find positive results on the infant's ability to suck, 
uh, weight gain and then a lesser time spent in the hospital. So that was a really exciting um, experience for me, especially as a student, to be part of that study. Um, but I would say, to answer your question, as far as the children we work with at Metro Music Makers, I mean, there's so many wonderful experiences. But one of the things that we do uh, that's a little unique for for what we do is we have parents call who really want their child to learn an instrument to play an instrument, but they may not quite have some of the skill set they need, uh, depending on what their personal challenge may be. Mm-hmm. So we may start them in music therapy to work on those non-musical skills needed to be able to take lessons. And it's been just such a huge joy to see several of these children transition from a music therapy environment to a traditional lesson environment and and be able to learn an instrument. Well, I've always believed that the students, people in general, who are involved in music are better in school, they're better with people in a lot of cases. Why is that? What is, what's the link? Do you have any idea what the link is between studying music and being able to do better in school? Well, I think when a child uh, and teen, we have several teens that take with us. And um, I really noticed this with um, some of our students who are singer songwriters. Uh, We have several that are writing songs, producing their songs, putting their songs out on the streaming platforms. And I realized in watching them go through this process of learning and then and putting the music out is they're just really tapped in culturally. Um, They have a really broader view, I think, of what's going on. They're also really tapped into their emotions and their ability to express their emotions in a healthy way. And, um, and I think that does enable someone to engage socially and communicate a little better uh, with, with every age, honestly. Um, and I'm really excited to say, if, if you don't mind me throwing this out, that several of our students are performing at the Roswell Arts Festival coming up on September 17th, their original music. So y'all come on out. <laughs> See for yourself. Absolutely. Give them a plug. Sure. Absolutely. So if if I'm looking at music therapy and I know less about music therapy than probably the average person, because I just don't know anything about it really. But if you're, if you're thinking about how you conduct music therapy and one of the things that you had, had mentioned wanting to talk about was the types of interventions in music therapy. So tell me what that's about. Tell me what those are. Yeah, so um, as I mentioned, there are different models for music therapy. Ours is a very behavioral approach. Um, A couple others that are popular here in the States are receptive music therapy. Um, So that's very active listening. And one of the pioneering methods of receptive music therapy is the Bonnie method of guided imagery and music. And that's where a therapist is using a selected classical music sequences to help a client relax and focus their mind and then guides them on a journey through imagery and then the client, you know, brings the client 
back out of out of that journey and there's a discussion that follows and that's really uh steeped in psychotherapy and transpersonal psychology so that's a really um, popular approach here in the states another one is nordoff robbins um, which is a very improvisational approach and uh, their focus is really on the relationship between the therapist and the client. And they initially began uh, their approach working with children that had learning disabilities, developmental delays, um, many on the spectrum. Uh, but their belief was to come in just with a really warm and friendly approach as the therapist and then let the music do the work. And so in a way, it seems as if the therapist is following and facilitating the client as they're improvising in music. It's really a great, if you don't know much about it, it's Nordoff. Nordoff, by the way, was an American composer and pianist. And then he partnered with Clive Robbins, who is a British teacher in special education. So they had a very unique approach. Um, and just really some great research has come out of that team. Um, But yeah, the interventions can include uh, a lot of movement. I I really, I've always focused on movement. I just feel like music gets me to move. And so that might just be a a natural approach of mine uh, that I take with clients, uh, writing songs, playing instruments, singing, Um, lyric analysis, uh, listening, very active listening. So there's just so many wonderful things. And I think the thing is to realize that music is acting as a reinforcing stimulus for non-musical behavior. And why did you end up with in the behavioral end of that? How'd that happen? Well, I think I stumbled upon it, actually. So I started, um, as we were talking prior to the program, I started off as a piano performance major. I had never heard of music therapy, and I hate to even tell you what year that was. Um, But I ended up at Florida State University, which uh, is one of the top schools, recognized as one of the top schools for this degree program and stumbled across a table full of info about it and thought, wow, that sounds amazing to be able to help people doing something I love. And so that's when I I changed my degree um, to music therapy. But um, there I was studying again with pioneers in behavioral music therapy, uh, Dr. Clifford Madsen, Dr. Jane Stanley, to name a couple who have just goodness, so much research out that they have individually done. Um, And there is a research center there at Florida State and the music therapy department. Interesting. Now, before we started the program, I was talking to Allison about the fact that she's from Easley, South Carolina, and I'm from Greenville, South Carolina. And uh, she grew up a Clemson fan, so that makes her okay in my book. Um, But uh, she also went to the the Fine Arts Center there in Greenville, which is now housed on my former high school campus, Wade Hampton High School. And the work that they're doing there at the Fine Arts Center is just, I think, just absolutely stellar. The people that I've heard that have played, that have been taught there, and some of the people I know that that teach there now 
are incredible. And I can certainly see how that gave you the, the path started you on the path to do this, but it, it wasn't a direct path. You mentioned you went to Furman and then went to Carolina. And then <laughs> oh man, you're letting my secret out. <laughs> hey, that's, that's, that's okay. That's what makes us who we are. But at each of these places, uh, did you just, did you get a piece of this and just kind of find something that led you to the next step and then the next step and so forth? Is that how that happened or? Well, I have to say, I do want to give a shout out to the Fine Arts Center. I um, I didn't realize how unique uh, and enriching an experience that was for me until I was out in the real world and realized most people don't have access to anything even close to what they offer. Yeah. Um, and a big shout out to Dr. John Greer, who was my instructor there. Um who opened my eyes to um, to music on a different level. And um, he was tough on us in a really cool sort of way. And so I was able to um, take what I learned into college. And I, I, was, I was miles ahead of what other freshmen um, were coming in as far as far as just background and experience with music theory, music history, um, and also performance. And I do want to say one thing about Greenville is the the level of instruction by the the private piano instructors in Greenville. There were so many. I had so many amazing piano instructors, um, and I, I feel like honestly that Metro Music Makers got it start because I had those examples. Um, and I, I, again, thought that was normal. I didn't realize what they put me through wasn't normal um, as far as the performance opportunities, uh, competing, um, and just top level education all around, even with my private instructors. Um, so that just growing up in Greenville and having access to all of that was a major influence in, in my path. Um, and then going through the college programs, I yeah, had Dr. Ruby Morgan at, at Florida State was my piano instructor, just a lovely person to work with. Um, and then uh, the thing about USC was I got involved with different styles of music there with jazz uh, with opera, <laughs> go figure. <laughs> um, and, and that was really exciting as well. Uh, but yeah, and I, and I will say with the, the music therapy background that has really influenced our philosophy at Metro Music Makers and that we do have a belief that music is for everyone and that anyone can learn um, and that we're going to meet, meet students right where they are, um, even our music educators. So our music therapy team, we do a lot of training with our music educators so they can understand some uh, child development um, aspects of teaching. Um, and we, we try to provide them with some tools and resources that they can use in their lessons as well. So I would say our approach is really steeped in my background as a music therapist. Um, so that we can bring music to everybody. I love that. Now, if we're talking about the Fine Arts Center, I have to give two plugs. Okay. Uh, Steve, Steve Watson, guitar yes. instructor at the Fine Arts Center, who actually plays the intro and outro for the podcast. 
he allowed me to use that clip from one of his CDs. And another friend of mine, Richard Young, who teaches music theory at the Fine Arts Center. Richard's a young man, and he's... Richard just, and I were in class together. Were you really? Yes. Is that right? Yes. Well, and we wow. uh, we give Richard, we always give Richard a hard time because he has perfect pitch. So we're like, oh, he's going to ace this test. It's perfect pitch. Well, he comes from a long line of people who are incredibly musically talented. Uh, yes. And and Steve has just always been a, a, a an artist to me. So that that connection is is very good. And it's so nice to see that someone has come, gone from from that education at the very beginning all the way through a degree at Florida State. And and I looked at your website and I don't know how many people you have who are instructors, but it's just it looked like page after page of instructors. <laughs> and I was just I'm just very impressed with this. And I'm thrilled that somebody's taking what they know and what they can do with music and making it something other than something you can't even understand on the radio. And I, I love what you're doing. And the fact that you're doing it for people who are probably some of them, my patients, because you're in some of these facilities, uh, what you're doing for people and what you can do for them, I think is, is just astounding to me. And well, I'm, I'm very honored that, that you're doing it and that you would come on here and talk to us about it. Oh my goodness. I'm thrilled to um, always want to talk about music. By the way, does your audience know that you, you also play instruments? <laughs> Dr. Well, Mario is a musician. They do now, but I don't yeah. play so much anymore. I kind of collect them more than I play them anymore. <laughs> I wish I did. We have an appreciation. <laughs> you, you mentioned the private piano teachers in Greenville and I took lessons from one, but unfortunately in the fourth grade, I decided I wasn't taking piano anymore. I did start taking guitar and I met Steve and so forth, but my entire life I felt like I should be playing piano. And so now probably 15 years ago, I found a teacher down in Atlanta, Ted Howell. I don't know if you ever knew Ted, oh. a jazz a pianist, and he taught. And then not too long after that, he moved to California and I started taking from Kevin Bales. And if you don't, don't know Kevin, you need to find where Kevin Bales is playing somewhere and go listen to him. Okay. Unbelievable pianist. And it, it really renewed. So I've, I now have right across from me here a piano in my office that I almost never sit down to play. So <laughs> I'm going to have to get you and your instructors to come in here and here and give us some therapy by playing the piano in my office. Ooh, I love that? that. And I, I do have to give that. a shout out to my team. I, I love the people I work with. We have the most fun together, but they're the most genuine folks and they truly are passionate about doing music with people. And um, yeah, I, I honestly couldn't do it without them. <laughs> I, really oh, I can couldn't. imagine. Really. And, and I know some people who listen to the podcast or now watch the podcast uh, with some regularity are going to think that, you know, I'm not sure this really falls into the category of to your health, but I can promise you that it does. And you see it with the people that you work with all the time. And, and I, I just know that people are calmer, they're more focused. They're more centered. They're just better off if they're doing something having to do with music. So I'm glad that you brought that point home to us. And I'm going to wrap that up and appreciate you being here. I'm going to ask Arlia to bring John Ray back in here to us. John, there here you I are. am. Yeah, this you was have a nice nap. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this, uh, this was riveting. I mean, literally I, I just, you know, wow. Uh, Allison, I'm, I'm like, Dr. Jim, what great work you're doing. We're just delighted oh, to, to have you here and, and honored that you would 
you're, you're doing what you're doing and, and we're honored to celebrate that. And, but I've got a couple of questions from the, from the audience. Okay. So can okay. I, can I jump in here on a couple? Yes. One is like, are there differences in types of music? So, I mean, what the, like classical versus jazz versus pop. I mean, what talk, address that aspect of it. As far as working with a client? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so we, um, again, since our, our approach is behavioral, we do, well, if we're working with children, we use music that is appropriate for children, of course. Um, but if we're working with adults, then we really have to consider adult preferences. Uh, for instance, in the assisted living communities, really have to think about what music speaks to them. So when I started in music therapy, however many years ago, which we've decided not to mention, right? Uh, I was using music from the 40s, the 30s and 40s. Now I'm using music from the 60s and 70s. And let me tell you, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> my really music and John's music. <laughs> That was we're on the verge of being there. I do believe. Are, are you talking about the thirties and the forties or the sixties? Which one are you talking about, Jim? I, I, no, the sixties. The okay. okay. Yeah, but client preference is, is really big. So, um, and we do ask that even with children, uh, we have intake on our intake paperwork. We ask the parents, you know, does the child have favorite songs? What kind of music are you listening to in the home? Um, because we want to use music that they enjoy and are familiar with. And that doesn't mean we're not going to introduce other things that are fitting, but we want to make sure again, initially to help build that relationship the music itself can can age in that got it so the other question is um what about the folks in the middle i mean i think that's where this is coming from i mean you work with um older adults and you work with children but what about the folks in the middle i mean and what what whether the benefits i mean uh, Jim and I would like to think we're still in the middle. So uh, help, help us out here. What, 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 well, what, I, what, and I was specifically speaking to um, what the the majority of work we're doing with music therapy specifically. Mm -hmm. um, and we do have some teens and adults that we work with. I think it's just for whatever reason, the calls we get um, tend to be for the younger child. And then the assisted living is, is sort of, the core work we're doing, but we do work with, with folks all along the spectrum of, of ages and um, skill level and abilities. Um, as far as lessons go and our regular music lessons, we work with everybody. So we do, we have lots of teens. We have several adults. And the thing about adults is it's hard to find time to practice, right? Mm, yeah. And that's always the challenge. But we have several adults that adults have really stuck with it. And honestly, they're my favorites at our at our recitals and performance events because I know how hard it is <laughs> to stick with it. And not only that, to be willing to get up on the stage and perform for an audience. I mean, that's no easy feat for anyone. And I know uh, how difficult it can be for adults. So I, I really appreciate our adult students. I think they're really awesome. Yeah, for sure. Well, one final question, and this is a really good one. Uh, it, it's from a parent. 
So what they're asking is if I have a child with, you know, a cognitive behavior uh, concern and I want to, you know, initiate a discussion, a relationship with Metro Music Makers, I mean, how does that start? I mean, what, what, Um, what, you know, what are the kind of the beginning steps? Thank you for bringing that up. So we uh, provide a free phone consultation with, uh, I'd like to mention uh, mention our director of music therapy is Kristen Van Dyke. And so um, on our website at Metro Music Makers, if you find the music therapy page there, there's a form you can fill out and she'll receive that and reach out to you to set up a phone consultation. So you can discuss um, music therapy and how it how it might be beneficial for your child and then next steps for that. I would also like to mention, we're very excited about this. This is something new we're offering uh, starting next month. We're partnering with Little Listeners, which is a full auditory pediatric um, auditory clinic incoming. Um, it's founded by Dr. Krista Reeves, who is an awesome person. In fact, I highly recommend you having her on the show. Mm. Um, she's just a wealth of information when it comes to um, auditory um, development and treatment of auditory disorders for children. So I highly, highly recommend her for that. But we're going to be providing music therapy services at her clinic. So we'll actually have a place for uh, folks to come come to see us um, in addition to, uh, you know, us going into people's homes as well. So just wanted to mention that. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, we're excited about that. Well, we want to make sure that we give the audience um, directions on how to find you. So let's let's get to that. That's probably the most important question at this point, because I'm sure there's some folks that want to know where they can find you, Allison. Okay, so our website is metromusicmakers.com. And then we're really active on Instagram. Again, it's Metro Music Makers. We put a lot of really fun videos up. I have a couple folks on my team who do just some really fun and creative uh, educational videos. And there is quite a bit of uh, information about music therapy on our page there. Um, And then if you want to call us, it's 678-637-7293. Um, and that number's on our website as well. But we'd love to have a conversation with you. And that's the easiest way to reach out is, is just by calling or through our website. That's awesome. Thank Wonderful. you so much. Allison, I really appreciate you being here with us. Thank you so much. We don't have many guests, but this is absolutely one of the, the best ones that we've had. And thanks for being on our very well, first video podcast. Thank you. I appreciate you. that. So, I'm honored to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. And, and um, yeah, I'd love to to do it again sometime. Thank you so much. I love that. <laughs> and as we leave, I'm going to let you listen to this uh, clip from Steve Watson, one of Allison's uh, or a prof- professor at Allison's alma mater in Greenville, the Fine Arts Center. And uh, for now, that is to your health. <laughs> 